0: thanks so much for coming to church today once again and for all you folks watching online man in the building here one thing I really enjoy about winter and cold weather is everybody's got their flannels on and their sweatshirts and everything you're a good-looking bunch of people whether it's summer or winter time and we might as well enjoy this season right now Um, I tell you it's my privilege to receive God's tithes and our offerings this morning Uh, we know we got some ushers around here if you're giving cash and you would like a tax receipt, just raise up your hand and they'll give you one of these envelopes and you'll get your receipt. Uh, if you're making out checks, why, it's up on the screen. Uh, I'm Destiny Church. And if you're joining us online, why, there's a, that's our mailing address there if you want to participate here. And then a very convenient way to give is by text. And the text number is also up on the screen. Um, boy, each time when I... I'm a part of an offering I like to stand on some scripture when we're going to give and um, well you know one of my favorite characters in the Bible is Jacob and one thing I particularly like about him is that um, if you follow the story I'm, I'm this is over in Genesis first book in the Bible and uh, his first encounter with God he meets God for the first time uh, when he's he's traveling he's been forced to leave home um, uh, and, and he's leaving with nothing, he meets God, and he doesn't even say hello. He says he realizes it's God, and he said, I want you to bless me and protect me. And if you do, I'm surely going to give you the first tenth of everything you bless me with. And you know, God was so impressed with that response, with that attitude of Jacob, that throughout the entire rest of the Bible, anytime Jacob's name comes up, why God says, man, I love the way Jacob thinks. And boy, you know, uh, God God's after partnership. That, that's what tithing is. God just wants to partner in your life, and 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 uh, the ties, His tithes, and, and, and giving our offerings makes that tangible. You know, in in my own life, I just uh, I, I I've had this experience. Um, I was very close with my dad. Uh, he he's been in heaven for many decades now. But uh, but when I be- I was close to him. But when I became an adult why, why we, we entered into a farming partnership together. And, you know, in, in a very short time, he became my very best friend in the world because we were partnering in life, living life together. That's the kind of relationship that God wants to have with us. Well, let's take our, uh, God's tithes and our offerings in hand. Um, you know, God calls these seeds, and he tells us to name a harvest when we sow this seed. So I'm, I'm going to pray in agreement with you and with Jesus over these seeds, but I'm, God's asking you to name your harvest. Dream big with God this morning. In Jesus' name, we just agree together. Thank you. We're praying in agreement, Jesus, with you and with your sons and daughters here in the building and, and those that's watching online too. And uh, as we bring these seeds, why, each one that's bringing seed is naming a harvest right now. And we take hold of those harvests together. God, you're pleased when we ask you for big things. And so we partner up with you for the, our dreams in life, your dreams for us, together being fulfilled. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, uh, ushers, you can serve the people here. Um, i got a few announcements quickly here. Uh, uh, family service uh, this Wednesday night, uh, January 12th. Uh, adults and children at the church here. And then the, the youth always meet at the fitness center, and that's at 6:30. At the church here will be done promptly by eight in these next uh, weeks in January, while we'll be talking about getting to know God better. So that's this Wednesday night. Um, oh, we're looking for volunteers for the coffee bar. And if you'd like to be a part of that, talk to Jamie Shelley or Stephanie Corneone. And man, I just really appreciate having that coffee bar in our lobby. It always smells so good when you come into church and throughout the whole time with that there. So, uh, so talk to Jamie or Stephanie. Uh, we got prayer every Sunday morning at 9.15 in the mother's room. And then there's ladies' prayer Thursday mornings at 10 a.m. Boy, here's something new. We have ballet classes beginning um, January 15th at, at Destiny Fitness. And these are for children four to five, and six through eight, two separate classes, so if you're interested in that, why there's posters in in the lobby back there, uh, uh, on the table in back, in the lobby. And then, uh, and then, just like always, why um, I'll be at the at that table after church. And you know this. So this last Wednesday night, why the the weather was too rough to have church. So so we sent out texts and emails uh, informing people that church had been canceled. Well, if you didn't get one of those, and you would like to for upcoming events in case we run into uh, tough weather again, why why make sure I get your phone number and your email address. Uh, at that table. And then also, um, um, if, uh, if you got any questions about the church, or you got any ideas of how we could do things better, why, why let me know, and I'll, uh, and, and I'll get them to the folks in charge. So, once again, thanks, thanks for being in church, and Pastor Steve has got a word for us. Amen. If you have your Bibles,
1: I want you to open them with me, please, to, um, um, let's see, what verse do I want to start with? Uh, Open them to uh, Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Um, <clears throat> last week, I was talking to you about change and how, um, you know, we, it's the first of the year and we're all kind of like in that mode of I'm open to or I need to change something, I need to stop doing something that I am doing and start doing something that I'm not doing. We're kind of into that mode at New Year's time. I think they call it New Year's resolutions. and And so, I was just thinking about hooking up with that kind of a mentality and, and talking about things that I, I think that are incredibly important uh, to change. I titled this message, Little Things That Matter a Lot. Little Things That Matter a Lot. And there's, of course, a lot of things that are obvious that matter a lot, but I want to talk about the things that are not as obvious to us and, uh, and talk about how they, why they matter so much. And one of the things I started talking about last week, I don't know, I kind of got into all kinds of stuff last week, but I was trying to talk about uh, being thankful, being grateful. And, uh, you know, I was, uh, several years ago, I learned to uh, fly. Uh, I got my IFR uh, certificate, uh, which stands for Instrument Rated uh, Flight Rules. And so basically, what they do is they teach you to fly like in clouds, where you don't have an outward perspective, or you can't see the ground, you can't see the horizon. You basically, when you look out of the cockpit, all you see is just white. That's all you see. And uh, one of the things that uh, you do is, uh, like the airplane I was flying had a GPS with an approach and landing uh, uh, aspect to it. And so basically there's certain demarcation points that you have to hit and you have to be at this, you have to go to this point. It's like, it's pretty cool, it's like in your car, you follow the, mag, mag, what's that, magendic line, or it's a purple line, you just follow that and the plane is on, you just keep that plane on that line. But then you hit these certain demarcation points and you have to be, when you hit this point, you gotta make a turn and you gotta be at a certain altitude at, a cert, at this point. And, and so then if, you, if you're not at that point, at that altitude, you have to adjust. And so then you turn and then you report and then you hit another demarcation point. And if everything works out because you can't see anything outward, you can't see a thing, all all you're doing is looking at these instruments. You're basically flying blind, so to speak. You're just trusting these instruments are telling you the truth. And so if you do everything right and you hit these demarcation points, what'll happen is eventually you'll break out of the clouds and the runway will be right there in front of you and you'll be at the right altitude and, and there will be the runway and you just complete your, complete your landing. But if you go rogue and you say, ah, I'm going to go, I'm going to wing it. I'm going to go like wing it like, you know, pie, airplane joke. Anyways, comment. But, but anyways, if you wing it, and you say, nah, I don't feel like going to that demarcation point. I'm just going to fly over here. And then you, I, I don't know. I don't feel like being that low. I'm going to be I'm gonna be here. What will happen is when you break out of the clouds, you'll be in no man's land. And there's dangers because there's towers and there's buildings and now you're at a low altitude and and there's all kinds of things that could go wrong. And uh, I want you to think about that spiritually, that there are certain things that are absolutely essential that don't seem to be that essential. There are things that are absolutely essential that don't seem to be that essential. And one of those things is thankfulness or gratitude, an attitude of gratitude. You know, in fact, I actually Googled that phrase "attitude of gratitude," and I saw uh, Harvard Medical, uh, whatever they are, paper put out a paper on gratitude, and they listed I think it was like seventeen benefits, and they didn't list any. They didn't list any. Um, they didn't list any. Spiritual benefits, they listed physical, emotional, and mental benefits of gratitude, like 70. This is Harvard. 17 physical, mental, emotional benefits of being, of gratefulness. Well, we we don't, I mean, I think they're probably, maybe they're smart people, I don't know. But, But what we do know is that because it's scriptural, we know it's important because the Bible says in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In everything, in every situation. And you'll see, if you, I mean, if you don't, if you take some time to read the, like the book of Psalms, or if you read uh, in like the New Testament, you'll see that gratitude or thankfulness comes up often as something that we're commanded as Christians to do. And it's like, it's one of those demarcation points that when you can't see, like, I don't know what to do. We were singing this song, he's a waymaker, And when I can't see him or feel him or he's working, even though I can't see it, he's working. And, uh, and, and so there's certain demarcation points when you can't see what to do, it's important to know, it's important to do these things that he tells us to do and to be have a grateful heart. You know, um, the apostle Paul, you know, like, I mean, he he was an incredible guy. And uh, he went through incredible things. I mean, just like, wow, I mean, really? I remember years ago, you know, I thought I was going through some trouble. And I don't know why, I was just reading through Corinthians there. And I got to 2 Corinthians, where he he talks about all the things he went through. You know, I mean, uh, he talks about being beaten with rods five times, horse whipped, uh, being shipwrecked a few times, uh, cities, the whole city... Revolting! Everybody wanted to kill him. He has to be let down through a window. He has 40 Jews that are under a vow that they're not going to eat ever again until they kill him. I mean, I, I, was, I was thinking about the trouble that I was in, and I read his trouble, and I go, yeah, I don't got any trouble. <laughs> I mean, what am I complaining about? You, you know what I mean? I mean? I mean, there's always somebody, no matter how bad things are, there's always somebody that's got it worse. I don't know why I thought about this hour um, our water heater went out. Yeah, a little sympathy here, and uh, and so, so I you know called the plumber. He came out, looked at it, and then he says, "I said, well, I don't know, we might need a new one, you know." Or he said he could fix this valve thing, but it's like hundred, it's like five hundred dollars or whatever. I'm going five hundred dollars. I said, well, maybe we should just put a new water heater in. He goes, "Well, they're expensive." I go, "Yeah, but you know, I had this thought." You know, and so, uh, you know, this is the worst. <laughs> right? I mean, this is the worst. It's freezing outside and you, you got no, at least you can't even, you know what I mean? Come on, a little sympathy here. But <clears throat> I remember, you know, one time I was in on a mission trip and it was in the winter and we were in Ukraine. And, uh, and so we'd been there for like a couple weeks and, you know, after a while, you know, they, uh, the rooms, the hotel rooms have no heat. The bathroom is, uh, the one bathroom per floor. That's that's it. And so, you know, after a while you get a little ripe, you know, you're used to ba- bathing regularly. And, you know, I'm thinking, I'm getting a little ripe here, you know what I mean? And so I, I was com- kind of telling one of the missionaries, and they said, well, what we do, now, now get this, this is what they do. We take two... Uh, uh, two-liter two bottles, empty bottles. They boil water. They fill them up half with boiling water. Then they fill them the rest of the way with cold water. And, they, and so they do that to both bottles. And so then they go standing in, in the bathroom where there's no water, and, and they but there's a drain, and they dump the one two-liter bottle, which is warm water, over their head, totally drenching themselves. Then they totally soap themselves up. And they take the other bottle and they just totally rinse themselves. So that's what I did. I was just gonna suggest that to my wife, but... We can boil water, honey. We can boil water and get that two-liter thing going out there, but... But I, no matter where, what you're going through, there's always somebody that has it worse than you, and there's always somebody that has it better than you, right? And so what we have to do is we have to learn to cultivate an attitude of gratitude. And, uh, you know, it can be argued, and this is what I was talking about last week, it can be argued that the very the original sin in the Garden of Eden came about because of ungratitude. Because remember what happened was, you know, God put Adam and Eve in a garden and he, and he planted in this garden all these trees. And the Bible says all these trees were good for food and all these trees were... Uh, good to look at, they were pleasant to look at. They were good for food, they were pleasant to look at. And so what they should have done is gone around from tree to tree and just said, thank God for this tree and took a bite, thank God for this tree and took a bite. But what the enemy did was the enemy got their attention and focus and got them to focus on the one tree that God said, you can't eat of this tree. He didn't go around and say, wow, look at all these trees you get to eat of, this is awesome. But he got them to focus on the one tree that they weren't allowed to eat of. And he, he rose in them an offense against God. Rose in them an offense against God. And I think that Satan does that to us often in our lives, is that he tries to get us to focus on the thing that that we don't have. Like we don't have, you know, we in our relationships with our husband or our wife. Here's what this person is lacking. And how many know that everybody's lacking? Except for me, of course. (laughs) I say that because my wife's here, because I don't want her to bring up anything right now. but. But how many know that's true? I mean, everybody's lacking. Everybody comes short of the glory of God. Everybody's lacking. And so it's easy just to go up and fixate on where this person is falling short and just kind of fixate on that and basically ruin a relationship over a point. Or ruin a life over a point that, you know, this is the worst. You know, this is, this is something that is intolerable in my life. You know, I heard this guy who was talking about when you have conflict. Because how many know that you have to work through things? You can't just, you know, just say, you can't be like a Pollyanna or just not work through things. you got to work through things. But if you make your whole life working through things, it gets to be kind of an ungrateful life. And so he said what you should do is you should say, okay, we're going to take an hour a day and work on this thing that is a conflict in our lives. We're going to spend an hour of quality time. Don't do it at night because then you can't sleep because you might get aggravated. But do it, take an hour a day and work on that situation. And once you work on it, then drop it. If you don't resolve it, just drop it until the next day. And then pick it up again and work on it. Otherwise, your whole life becomes... Your whole atmosphere in your home and your kids have to live under this, this cloud of just animosity and I don't like this and I, this, I'm not, I don't, not uh, happy about this and I'm angry about this and I'm frustrated about this and your kids have to live under that and you have to live under that. And that's really not a good environment to, for change anyways because what you're basically saying is, I don't accept you until you change Instead of saying, I accept you no matter what, but we're going to work on things in a healthy and in a positive environment. How many you can see what I'm saying? Because what we have to do is we've got to have, we've got to create a, a heart, a, a grateful heart. We've got to create that. You know, it says here in Romans chapter 1, maybe I didn't put this in my notes, but Romans chapter 1, do you have that? It's, this, this, Years ago, this verse spoke to me. It says, for although they knew God, and if you read this in context, he's talking about they knew God through creation. I mean, come on, people. Evolution, really? The Big Bang, come on. I mean, you realize that through harmony and design does not come through collisions. I heard a guy say one time, it's like, this building here today be like if I told you you know how this building came about there was a collision out here in the on the highway or on the road between a uh, a wood truck and a sheetrock truck it collided and and then before in the and right in the middle of that colliding, a, a plumbing truck and an electrical truck collided, and a carpet truck and a paint truck collided. They all collided out here on the gravel road and well wham, this is what happened. This harmony, this building, this design all came into existence. How many would buy that? But that's what they try to tell us that out of this collision, this 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 happenstance of collision, all this harmony, all this design just Presto, came into existence. And so this context of this verse is that he's talking about knowing God through creation. Because there's an Old Testament verse in Psalms. It says the heavens declare the glory of God. It says day unto day they utter speech. Night unto night their voice is heard. So what does it mean? When we look at creation, we go, this didn't just happen. This didn't happen. This didn't happen. This just didn't Come out of a collision. This this was designed. When there's design and everything to the smallest atom, everything there is a design to it. And if there's a design, there's a designer. And so this verse is in the context of that they knew God by creation. They knew there was a God by creation. That's why when you go to like to the uh, back bush areas of cert- where it's not very populated. You'll see people will be worshiping. They, might, they worship the wrong thing, but they're worshiping because they, there's something instinctive in every single one of us that we know there's a God and he is to be worshipped. We as Christians know that that God came in a human form in the person of Jesus Christ and died on a cross for our sins. We, we, we have knowledge of that, but instinctively everybody knows there's a God. There's no atheists out there until you go to universities and they teach you to be an atheist because they teach you to question uh, what is evident. And they try to give you solutions to problems that aren't real solutions at all. Amen, Steve, preach. But it says, so although they knew God, I didn't mean to say all that. They knew God, they knew the existence of God, they did not honor Him as God. Now this is this next phrase, or give thanks to Him. They didn't honor Him as God. Some translations say worship Him as God, or give thanks to Him. But then notice how it changes. Because they didn't do that, they became. Everybody see that word? They became. No, you don't have to say it. Just notice it. They became futile in their thinking. See, they're being transformed. Their, their ungratefulness is transforming them. They don't maybe realize it, but their ungratefulness is, thank, is transforming them. Ungratefulness transforms people into something. They became futile in their thinking and their foolish heart were darkened. It goes on to say, but they thought they were wise, they confessed themselves to be wise, they became utter fools. Amen. And so and, and if you follow the rest of that chapter, which we won't go into, but it just talks about step by step they go further and further into darkness, and their deeds become so perverse it's not even, you can't even talk about it in public. And why, what, what is the starting point of that? It starts with they didn't honor him as God and they weren't grateful. So here's the thing. When we don't develop an attitude of gratitude, a grateful heart, what happens is we're always going to go to a dark place. See, it's, it's impossible to find somebody that is emotionally, mentally healthy that is ungrateful. You won't find it. I was listening to a, Or read actually reading a book by a psychologist, and they were talking about healthy versus unhealthy uh, attitudes or mindsets. And uh, they said that to be healthy is to be self-aware, to be unhealthy is to be self-absorbed, be self-absorbed. Healthy is to be proactive, unhealthy is to be reactive. Healthy is proactive, struggling is reactive. Healthy is to be resilient. Unhealthy is to be inflexible. Healthy is to be optimistic. Unhealthy is to be pessimistic. You know, like one of the things I struggle with, I'm I'm an, I I actually, I I hate to even admit this, but I'm kind of a negative person. Like when I walked up here, the first thing I noticed is that we have a light out. Did you guys notice that? That's the first thing I noticed. We, We put these lights on. Can you do that or is that impossible? <laughs> See, we got a light out. It's the first thing I know as I walk up. We got a light out. I immediately notice the imperfection. You know what? What helped me is that I gave blood a few years ago, and what helped me is my blood is A negative. So let me say this to you: Being negative is not my fault. I'm a victim of my own blood. I say negative, right? Yeah, I'm not buying that. Unhealthy is pessimistic. Healthy is confident. Unhealthy is insecure. Healthy is, is having empathy. Unhealthy is being indifferent. Healthy is humble. Unhealthy is entitled. Doesn't that bug you when people are entitled? But it aggravates me. I remember there was this... Um, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not going to stay off my... I, would, I really got out of my soapbox last Sunday. You should listen to it. It was terrible. I mean, not terrible, but... It, it was like everything, it was almost like everything that aggravates me about society. It was kind of like, it wasn't quite that bad because I have a longer list. I just didn't cover everything. You know, someone said to me one time, why don't you write a book? And I thought to myself, the book I'd write about it would be, this would aggravate, you know, it'd be, it wouldn't be fun to read. It'd be, you know, Steve looking, my, the picture on the book would be me like. <laughs> <laughs> and then, And then it'd be like. Every chapter would be, this aggravates me, this aggravates me, this. It wouldn't be fun to read at all. Ask my wife, she has to live with me. <laughs> right? Healthy is being grateful. Unhealthy is being resentful. Healthy is growing. Unhealthy is being stagnant. So you kind of see that in, the, in, there, in that list, you see the, what is healthy and what is unhealthy. But being healthy is basically gratitude. And and if you're you're a very ungrateful person, you're not healthy at all. In fact, you're very unhealthy. And again, I'm not saying that you shouldn't work on things that need to be worked on, but you can't let it become your life. Your whole life is taken up with this thing that I'm aggravated about, this thing that's not right. You have to devote quality time to it and then let it go and, and go back to being grateful. And having a grateful attitude. You see, the story, we looked at this also last week. We looked at the story of Cain and Abel in the Bible. And uh, and we saw something about that story. How that, um, you know, God blessed Abel and accepted his offering. But Cain, God didn't accept him or accept his offering. And I, I pointed out to you the reason was Abel gave the first of the first of the fruit of the of his flock firstborn of his flock so in other words he didn't say I'm gonna wait and see how the flock flock does if the flock does pretty good uh, then I'll give you an offering but he he did it before he knew how the flock was going to do he gave the very first he had a priority in giving to God and the Bible says that God loved Abel's attitude because in the Bible it actually says God doesn't receive everybody's offerings it says the gift is accepted in Second Corinthians 8. It says the gift is accepted if it's given with a willing heart. That's why it says in 2 Corinthians 9 that God loves a cheerful giver. In other words, he has an attitude of gratitude. He has, a, he has a giving heart. He has a good attitude about it. And that's what Abel was. He goes, everything I got comes from you, God. You're the most important person and most important thing in my, I shouldn't say thing, person in my life. Uh, you're you're, you're numeral uno to me, God, and I'm giving you the first, the, the first fruits. And then when he talked about Cain, it says, in the process of time. In other words, when he got around, I go, oh, I suppose I better give God something. And so his attitude was kind of stinky. And he finally gave God, it when he got around to it, he gave God an offering. And God goes, no, I don't accept this. I don't accept your attitude. I don't accept this gift. I don't accept it. It's not giving willingly. It's not giving with priority. I don't accept it. And so God blessed Abel and God didn't bless Cain. And so I don't know if there's a bunch of people looking on and Cain is embarrassed or Cain. But at some point Cain feels certain attitudes like envy, jealousy, resentment. Uh, he felt these certain attitudes and, and God, and, and then God came to Cain and says, God didn't say, well, I know you're being treated pretty bad and poor you, (laughs) you know, poor you. Life's rough, you know, and life is rough, by the way. But but I mean, life's horrible. You know, you're getting you're getting the shaft. You know, this is horrible, horrible. What's happening to you? God didn't say that. What God said was, why are you angry? He put it back on him. He said, why are you angry? Why is your countenance fallen? Then he said this, if you do well, in other words, there's equality of opportunity, but not equality of outcome. Preach, Steve, I believe I will. God is into equality of opportunity. He is not into equality of outcome. And one of the things, and this is how I got off track last Sunday, so I'm I'm just going to open, look in the door, and then look back. But this is what our society is trying to do, is they're trying to uh, create a society where there's not just equality of out, opportunity, but there's equality of outcome. In other words, I can just lay around and do nothing, but I'm going to get the same prize as the guy that works hard. That is not the way God wants things to be. Now I believe in helping people when people are struggling or stumbling or whatever, we should give them a hand up, but there's a difference between a hand up and a hammock. Right? You know, I remember, I hate to tell you these stories, but want to hear another story? I remember this guy, you know, I don't know, it was, I can't remember what tragedy, there was some kind of a tragedy that happened, you know, some, uh, I don't know if it was an earthquake or some typhoid, typhoid, typhoon, typhoon was one of those words anyways. But anyway, so in the aftermath of that, you know, all these people, I mean, the government was there, PETA, or what what do they call them? Not PETA. FEMA. FEMA was there. Peter was there, too, you know, checking out the dead dogs. Where are the dogs? People. We step by people. We don't care. Where are the animals? We don't know that. Okay, let me get off that subject right now. Right. But anyway, so 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 this guy, you know, he goes like, wow, this is terrible. So he owned like some kind of a sub shop or something. So he makes up his own out of his own charges. He makes up. Bunch of sub sandwiches, I mean, hundreds of sub sandwiches and a bottle of water. And he goes down there, and, he's, and he, all these people are being busted in somewhere. I can't remember what it was. And, and so he's there to give them a sandwich and a, and a bottle of water. And he goes, half the people looked at it and said, I don't want that. I want pizza.
2: Beep! You know, you know,
1: really? I mean, wouldn't that aggravate you just a tad? I mean, here's somebody's trying to help, at least say thank you. I mean give it to one of the dogs that are hungry or something if you don't want to eat it, but I mean at least be grateful, right? And that's what we want. We want to see people that are grateful, great gratitude because what I, otherwise what we have is we have a bunch of people that are entitled have that attitude of being entitled, and God does not like that attitude. And so what happened was because Cain allowed these attitudes of jealousy and envy to take over his life, he ended up killing his brother, Abel. And that's what always happens is when you go, when you start, when you don't have the attitude of gratitude, because if you think about this, what Cain should have done is should have said, Abel, obviously you know how to be blessed. Would you show me what I'm doing wrong or how I can become blessed just like you? Can you show me what I can do? But of course that... Takes some eating humble pie, right? You know, when you, when you are, when somebody is better than you or ble- more blessed than you, you have a choice to make. You either can become envious and jealous or you can become, hey, would you help, teachable and humble and say, what, what are you doing that I'm, I'm not doing, obviously? Can you show me the way? You know, it's interesting. For years, for years, they tried to break the four-minute mile. How many of you ever heard this story? They tried to break the nobody could break. they, they tried for I, I don't know if it was like centuries or at least decades. They tried to break the four minute mile, and nobody could do it. They even used lions. They released lions on the runners, and so the runner tried to get, run, fool, you know So tried to get them to run faster. And so finally, they concluded that it's impossible. you can't you can't break the four minute mile. And so what happened was, finally, Some guy named Bannister, I think his name was Bannister, he broke, he he ran the mile in three minutes, 59 59 and a half seconds. Broke the four minute mile. So you think, wow, fastest man alive. Do you know what happened the next year? It was like 38 people broke the four minute mile. And so instead of being like, that's not fair, because I can't run fast. And I can be mad about that and say, why did you make me like a deer, you know, so I can run like a deer. Or I can just be grateful I can do something. Right? Instead of just comparing myself and becoming envious or jealous, I can just say, thank God God gave me the ability to do something. And so all of us are in that situation where we have people in our lives that are, maybe they can sing better than us. They can hunt better than us. They can run faster than us. They make more money than us. But we can either be challenged by it or we can be embittered by it. But a lot of it, a lot of it turns on this attitude of gratitude. And so God believes in equality of opportunity, but not in not equality of outcome. Because equality of outcome is what communism and socialism has done to the human race. They try to make equality of outcome, and that is a disaster. It's a total disaster. I remember one time a guy was trying to tell me, yeah, but, but in the early church, they had all things common. They shared all their, they, they had all things common. That was one isolated situation, but the difference was The church did not demand that everybody have all things common. It was something that was freely given by the the members. They, They chose of their free will to help other people that were in need. And that's what God loves and that's what God accepts. But when you have a government that orchestrates everything and tries to make everything equal, you're going to have a disaster. Because what you end up doing is you end up killing the human spirit. People need to struggle. They need to take chances. They need to be creative. They need to invent. They need to, they need to have things that they struggle with and they survive and they get through it and they, they break forth and they, and they emerge in something powerful. They need that. Without that, what happens is people become dead. Their creativity becomes dead. Their abilities become dead. They just lock up and they don't ever amount to anything. That's a really good point, Steve. I'm glad I said that. And so, and so really what happens here is that all of us, every single one of us, we, we need to change. Now, here's the thing. Being thankful keeps you from going to a dark place. Being thankful keeps you from going to a dark place. That's very clear in the scripture. We looked at it in Romans chapter one, but you can see it in these stories. Being thankful. So ask yourself this question. What is my level of gratitude right now? How grateful am I? And the problem is, is that no one is born grateful. I mean, aren't you glad when your kids are act, great, they act grateful? Thank you. Remember, I, I've told you stories, I shouldn't tell you. I should be careful telling stories about my kids without their permission, but I'm gonna anyways. <laughs> but what, what happened one time, you know, maybe you've heard me tell this story. But I, we went to like, I think it was, um, we, we've gone to Disneyland and Disney World, and, but I think this time it was at, uh, what's that one in Shakopee? Valley Fair, we took them to Valley Fair. And so I was trying to get them to eat before we went, because it's like, you know, $8 for a hot dog, or you know, it's some crazy price, you know, and uh, th- five bucks for a Coke or something, you know. So I'm saying, maybe we should eat before we go, you know. Oh no, I'm not hungry. As soon as we walk in the door, I'm starved. You little monster I'm gonna well, you're fasting, that's what's going to happen. but you don't want to ruin the day you don't want to be the you know I'm already feeling like I'm the troll that lives under the bridge you know that comes out and so so I go, okay, you know forking up all this money and then we're and it costs like cost a house payment to get the family in there. and so I mean it's all this stuff, you know I'm just sitting there going. This is costing me a lot. You know, that's what I'm thinking the whole time, because I'm a thrifty guy. I'm kind of a thrifty guy. But so so then finally, after a brutal day of just money, just flying out everywhere, just pouring out everywhere. a, A brutal day, we get in the car and I'm just exhausted. I, mean, I hate rides, they want me to go on rides. I'm like, you know, why am I doing that? You know, you're on this one ride, and it's, it's like I, my life is flashing in front, of my whole life is, fl- I'm gonna die, you know, and, and I'm going, I don't even think this is fun. You know, I'm trying not to puke, you know, and, and uh, so Savannah so get in the car. My God, we're gonna go home, finally. And, uh, and so then we go buy a Dairy Queen. Can we have a Dairy Queen? Beep, no. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I didn't say anything like that. But n- no, and then they, no, you're not. You know, that, that's my attitude they, they get, like they get mad, like, I am so mistreated here. This is unbelievable. And the thing you're going, are you kidding me how much I've spent? You know, that, that's kind of your attitude. Maybe you're not on the same page as me, but now you can see why my blood is A negative. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, my time's up. I, I don't know what happened to that time, but um, here's the thing. Um, I was going to give you another passage of Scripture here. Here's the thing. Gratitude opens your life up to amazing things, incredible things, the presence of God, the grace of God. Gratitude. And, and, but oh, That's what I was saying. Gratitude is not something you're born with. You go, I'm not very grateful. I'm, like, I, I better check my blood, it might be A negative too, you know, but, but gra- you're, not a, you're not born with gratitude. And it doesn't come easy, it doesn't come natural. And so you have to basically train yourself to be grateful every day. And, to, and, and a lot of it has to do with your perspective and what you look at. How many of that's true, what you look at. Otherwise you're gonna go to, you're gonna, it's gonna take you to a dark place and you don't wanna go there. So I wanna encourage you today to really develop a heart of gratitude. You know, uh, let me just finish with this story. You know, in the Bible, there's a story about a man, and most of us have heard of it. It's called, the we call him the madman of Gadara. And, and it describes the torment this guy was in. It's unbelievable. First of all, he didn't wear any clothes. He lived among the tombs. They tried to chain him and shackle him. He broke the chains. Think about this. Broke the chains and broke the shackles. That's scary. And it says, night and day he cried out. Night and day he cried out and cut himself. I mean, that, so he's, he's, he's in a, but you, you ask yourself the question, how did he get to that state? He wasn't born in that state. He became through some, and I'm not saying it was just unthankfulness, but I'll guarantee you it was some, it was things like that that brought him to this state. What's so funny about that story is that Jesus, he meets Jesus and Jesus casts, I think it was a legion of demons out of him. And they go into the pigs and they drown in the pigs. And then the men of that city, they come out and they see him See, up till this point, because graveyards were by cities, and so they, they must have seen him regularly. You know, there's crazy Fred. I don't think anybody's name's Fred. There's crazy Fred. And, and, so, and so then it says, after he was delivered, then they come, he's clothed in his right mind sitting there at the feet of Jesus. And you know what it says? It says, the people of the city were afraid. Now you're afraid? Doesn't that strike you as crazy? You're, you're afraid now. You weren't afraid when Fred was breaking chains, breaking shackles, cutting himself, screaming. You weren't afraid then. And you know, the only way you can explain that is they, they, they adapted themselves to that situation. They adapted themselves to that dysfunction. We have humans, we're like that. We adapt ourselves to dysfunction. We just say, "Yeah, this is this is bad," but we just sort of adapt ourselves and say, "Say, wait a second here. I'm not putting up with this, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna break free of this. I'm gonna change." So it's important for in our lives that we just don't make room for crazy. Let's all stand together. I didn't get to my sermon totally, but. So God, God has given to us a tremendous gift. You know, our our nation is a tremendous gift to us, and the gift of freedom. People in our lives are tremendous gifts to us. Things in our lives are tremendous gifts to us. People are tremendous gifts. Salvation is a tremendous gift. There's forgiveness of sins, healing, prosperity, Peace, joy, these are tremendous gifts that God has given to us. But they're, they're enjoyed when we can look at the good and not just look at the dysfunction. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. We just thank you today, Lord. Thank you, God, for all you've done for us. Thank you for your word Thank you for salvation. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the blood of Christ that cleanses us from all sin. Thank you for the kingdom of God that you transferred us into. We have righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you're building for us a place in heaven. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you for the incredible gifts that we have in our lives, in the way of people. Thank you for these incredible gifts, Lord. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you truly, truly help us to be grateful. Help us to be incredibly grateful and to be thankful. In everything, give thanks. In this situation that we're in right now, we might not Enjoy the situation. It might not even be a good situation, but God help us be grateful in the situation. We might not even be grateful for the situation, but God let us be grateful in the situation. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Can you just tell God thank you where you are right now? Just say thank you, Lord. Do you got a song you could sing? Okay, let's sing.
2: my head, oh I will sing of the goodness of God and I love your voice
0: you have led me through the fire
2: and in the darkest, darkest nights you are close like no other come on even today I've known you as a father, I've known you as a friend who I have made. Been- Your goodness is running after it's running after me come on. your goodness is running after it's running after me with my life laid down I surrender now I give you everything your goodness is running after me. come on let's face Begin to look for it. Your goodness is on. This is running!
1: God. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm reminded that David, at one point in his life, probably the lowest point right before he became king, he, him and his army lost everything at Ziglag. And the men there decided to, were going to stone him, his own men, 600 men. It says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. How many remember that verse? You know, you know what he did. He didn't say, he didn't go and say, come on, come on, you, come on, you. You know he started thanking God, praising God. That was was his mode of operation. And You know what God said to him? He said, Lord, should I go after them? And God said, you'll recover all. Powerful. You'll recover all. Praise and worship is not something, thanksgiving is not just something we do Just because it's a little Sunday school thing that we do, it's powerful. Through it, we recover all. You'll recover all. Isn't that powerful? Think about that. You'll recover all. Praise, thanksgiving, worship. Amen. Brings us to a place of victory. Well, it's been good doing church with you today, guys. Thanks for coming out, even through this blistering hot weather that we are going through right now. I mean, it's colder somewhere else, I guarantee you. I'll guarantee you that somebody's got it worse than us. But it's good to have it's good to be able to gather together and worship together and hear God's word. And so now we get to a time of fellowship. But first of all, if you would need prayer, we ask the prayer counselors to come forward right now. And if you do need prayer, soon as I dismiss, just make your way to the front. One of these prayer counselors will be God to pray for you. But we do have some refreshments out. I think somebody left sandwiches or something. I think Carter family, Carter Schmidt family left some sandwiches. So there's something to eat today. And so I um, want you to have a great week. I want to just encourage you really to, to, to deliberately... Find things constantly to thank God for. Just develop a attitude of gratitude constantly. So when I come over to you and I wanna warn, I don't hear this, I don't hear a murmur, murmur. I hear this, I'm just so grateful to God for all that he's done for me. Really, that's awesome, right? So let's do that, let's do that together as a church. Amen, well, please join us for fellowship. If you do need prayer, please come forward as soon as I dismiss and receive prayer. God bless you all, you're free to go.